Welcome to Healing Wisdom, a Thursday morning talk show featuring guests sharing their stories and knowledge. We discuss the healing aspects of the arts, metaphysics, social justice, and adventure through all types of terrain. So join me, Pandora Peoples, here on WOMR 92.1 FM in Provincetown and WFMR 91.3 FM in Orleans. We're streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. pleased, very pleased to have on Healing Wisdom, musician Tom Rush, veteran folk musician. He'll be performing at the Payamet Performing Arts Center this Sunday, the 25th of June. Well, thanks for having me. It's an honor. Can you talk about your connection to music getting in the zone and on that sort of mind-body level? I can tell you that I don't remember writing songs, usually. People say, where did that song come from? And I said, I don't know. All I know is now it's finished. But I, you know, I'll, I'll sit around, I'll play, strum the guitar and try to tune out. And I'll, then I'll find a few minutes later or maybe an hour later, I'm actually playing something that's kind of interesting to me. And, and then it goes, goes along like that. And when I stop running, I start running out of ideas, I'll put it aside and come back the next day. And maybe there'll be some more ideas or maybe there won't. There's one of my best songs I think I wrote in one afternoon, and other songs have taken years. You know, working at them a little bit here and a little bit there, and so it's a it's a mysterious process. I think personally, I think the songs already exist. They're out there. You know how there's an oort cloud of comets way out beyond the planets, and once in a while they they come zooming in. I think there's a a cloud of songs out there that come zooming in occasionally. And my job is to try to catch them before they go in one window and out the other. Yeah. Before Arlo <laughs> Guthrie does. <laughs> there you go. So you began performing uh, in 1961, 1962, at least you began recording, right? I start the clock in 62 because that's when my first LP came out. 
you you talk a lot about the circle game and people make references to it because in 1965, Joni Mitchell, James Taylor, Jackson, Jackson with another. Three, three J's, Joni, Jackson, and James. You were uh, recording their work before they were well-known or known at all. I think I was the first to record any of their songs, including the artists themselves. This type of music was very different from uh, Appalachian, Scottish-influenced, like hillbilly folk music that was happening at that time, right? And before. Yeah. Well, I think it was, it was, it's felt to me familiar, although it clearly was different. These were composed songs. These were not traditional songs. And I have, I'm going to inject here that uh, in the Cambridge scene, there were a lot of really brilliant musicians who specialized in Appalachian ballads or Delta blues or Woody Guthrie songs and did nothing else. And I was kind of the generalist in a, uh, in a world of specialists. I'd pick a song from here and a song from there. I was kind of running out of traditional material that I, that, you know, got me excited. And I was way over, I was two years overdue for delivering an album to Elektra and along come Joni Jackson and James with these brilliant, brilliant songs. And so I said, okay, I'm going to, this is what I'll do. And uh, so I put together an album of their material, a couple of, couple of tunes that I wrote and uh, some other stuff, just uh, there's actually a structure to the album. It's the, it's the beginning of a love affair through the course of the love affair down to the end. And then it starts again at the very end. Nobody realized this. Nobody picked up on it, but that was the structure that I had in mind. It was very well received, and I think Rolling Stone accused me of ushering in the singer-songwriter era because it was where these three brilliant writers were introduced. Uh, they would have gotten where they were going without me. I wasn't trying to discover anybody or usher in anything. I just wanted to make an album and meet girls, of course. Part of what got, uh, got the folk music going in the 60s was that the pop music radio had become just so bland and so boring that we started looking around for something more interesting. And here were these scratchy recordings of people singing songs that felt real. You know, these are real people singing about real things that mattered. It was, it was ex much more exciting than, than the radio was. What do you have to say about the evolution of folk in terms of the purpose, you know, from sort of its inception? Well, okay, I've got to get academic here then for a second. Folk music to me is traditional music. These are songs that have existed for hundreds of years. They, they evolved mainly in illiterate populations. There was no writing. So you remembered what your grandma sang to you. And maybe you didn't remember it perfectly. So when you sang it, you couldn't remember the fourth verse exactly. So you'd substitute something of your own. And if that was more memorable... It's kind of musical Darwinism. Then the next generation would, would use your verse and grandmas would be forgotten. And songs evolved this way. And every village had different a different version of Barbie Allen. And none of them were the correct version. None of them had any more authority than any of the others. And that's that to me is what folk music is. It doesn't just mean some guy playing an acoustic guitar. And Woody Guthrie wrote his own songs, and technically they're not folk songs, although he did borrow a lot of traditional melodies and wrote new words to them, so they're kind of hybrid. 
what are your thoughts on union songs? Because didn't a lot of them have folk sort of elements or they were, you know, they were, borrowing they from... Were composed, they were composed songs, but yeah, they, a lot of them had traditional melodies behind them. And that was a big thing, you know, that was a big thing for a while. Of course, 200 years ago, there weren't union songs. But Seeger and Guthrie and that crowd definitely got got on board the union train and were promoting promoting the unions. Maybe somebody needs to do that again. The, the whole music scene has changed so profoundly since I started out. When I started out, if you did not have a record deal, you did not exist. Literally. I mean, the, the record company was the one who got you on the radio and they got you written up in the papers. They maybe got you on TV even. And uh, without them, you were invisible. And now with the with the internet, any kid with a guitar can make you know make music in her bedroom and put it up on the internet. So it's it's a profoundly different different scene. Well, I got actually I got excited about music during the late fifties when all the rock bands were were huge, and it's it's kind of strange to me looking back, but that whole rock and roll thing with Elvis and Fats Domino and the Everly Brothers and Chuck Berry and on and on and on. There were just, uh, you know, dozens of fabulously talented, exciting artists out there. That whole thing was came and went in about four years. But that's where I got excited about music. That's where I started trying to, oh, I wish I could play like Chuck Berry. Well, that wasn't going to happen. But, uh, and then I discovered folk music and got wrapped up in that. That was veteran folk musician Tom Rush. He'll be performing at the Payamet this Sunday, June 25th. Tickets are available at payamet.org. I love Karina. Tell the world I do. I love my Karina. I'll tell the world I do. listening to Healing Wisdom at Outermost Radio. All of our shows are podcasts at WOMR.org. Also check out HealingWisdomRadioShow.com and contact me at Pandora at WOMR.org. 